Welcome to the City Center Podcast from West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm Jerry Marcello. What do peanut butter, bacon, and ice cream have in common? While they may sound like ingredients for Elvis's favorite sandwich, they're also sources of fats, oils, and grease, the number one cause of stopped up pipes in your kitchen. Every time you rinse out a greasy pan or wash off a butter knife, you're sending pipe clogging gunk down the drain and around the city. The fix is expensive, but preventing the problem is easy and cheap. Joining me today to talk about it is Charles Phoenix, Utilities O&M Manager for the City of West Palm Beach. Charles, welcome. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Listen, first question. What is an O&M Manager? O&M Manager. I'm the manager of operations and maintenance. And what we do is I oversee the sanitary collection division and also the IPP fall division. Okay. So lots of different hats you're wearing, lots of lots of responsibility. Yes, sir. It's a lot of responsibility. And I'm um, trying to make sure that we get dirty water to the ECR plant. There you go. In a safe manner. Important. Okay. Charles, during today's talk, we're going to be talking and using the term fog. What does fog actually mean? Fog actually means fats, oil, and greases. Um, fats, oils, and greases are one of our worst enemies within the sanitary collection system. It's a costly thing um, because the fats build up and they can cause blockages that can cause SSOs and SSEs, and they're very detrimental to the environment. Um, what tell me what it, tell me what an SSO is? So SSO is a sanitary overflow. Okay. Um, that's when we have more than a thousand gallons of sewer come out of the sewer system and spill onto the ground and cause an effect to the environment and human. That's a big deal. Yes. Yes, okay. it is. Well, you were, you were earlier, just, we were talking, and you described the clogging of the pipes as being similar to the clogs in the artery, in an arterial system, an artery system in a, in a person. Yes. So um, once fat starts collecting, it builds up. So just like plaquing you in your blood, it builds up and it causes blockages. And just like, you know, in the case of a blockage in a human, they end up having a heart attack or a stroke. Well, with the sanitary collection system, we have sewer spills and overflows. Okay. In a sanitary collection system, to compare it to the human or circulatory system, there's a spot. Is there any one spot in the system that you guys are really aware of and have to check to make sure that it doesn't get clogged? Well, normally it happens at connections. Um, if we have bellies or sags within the main, um, and if it's a spot within the gravity, because see, sewer works with gravity. Mm -hmm. um, if the spot moves too fast or too slow, we have what we call this fallout, and then what happens is those particles start combining again, and it grows like a mass until it eventually will block the pipe and cause a blockage. Okay, so and that's what you touched on something I don't think a lot of people realize that the sewer system basically works with gravity. It's running sort of downhill yes, for sir. a lot of, so instead of there being a pump or some sort of mechanism, by and large, it's all just gravity pushing the sewage around. Yes, it's, in, it's gravity to certain points. Um, at that point, once we reach to a certain point, um, it all goes to what we call a lift station. Um, the lift station is mechanical pumps, which pick up 
the sewer and then pumping it to the force main, which is under pressure. And that's how we have the sanitary sewer get to the ECR plant through force mains. And all that is pressurized pipe. So now we're counting on um, pumps and to push, to, to push it along. along. But there are certain spots along this system, including the, 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 the pumps and the, and the stations, that will be adversely affected if there's too much fat material collecting on the walls of the pipes and conduits. You hit it just right, yes. That's what happens. Um, it, it collects, it builds up, it gets hard, it solidifies and gets as hard as a brick in certain cases. Um, wow. Those that are seasoned to being in the industry, we call them logs once we see them break loose because they'd be big as a log. Sometimes the grease patties could be as big as a log. Wow. In the lift station, they become patties and um, they uh, mess with the telemetry. And sometimes we have spills because our floats do not activate right because they're riding on the grease patty and the station doesn't turn on properly and we can have a spill from that. So grease is a tremendous problem. Fat and oils are a tremendous problem. And we're talking primarily about these oils that are coming from just regular cooking in homes. Is that right? Yes, regular cooking. A lot of people don't understand that fats and oils are in a lot of things. It's in animals, it's in your vegetables, it's in uh, the oils, the grease that we use to cook and fry with. Uh, lovely butter, <laughs> all that type of stuff. It makes the food taste good. Pretty much is what causes uh, fats, oil, and grease. Okay, so if I'm not going to change the way I cook, I want to have really tasty food and fried food, but what can I do to not pour it down the drain? Well, we have a couple situations and that we would like to use. Um, our first, we have a fall program, which we use. With that file program, what we do is we try to collect those fats, oil, and grease and um, have them recycled. And when they're, once they're recycled, they're used as biofluid. Mm. Okay. So you're saying that, you know, folks at home, the you know, someone cooking in their kitchen, instead of just, you know, draining the, 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 the renderings or the oils down the sink, which would lead to clogs, mm -hmm. uh, to basically collect them in other, in other containers. Yeah, so you can uh, let, let it cool with our fog program. We offer a gallon jug that we use that you guys can clue the grease, pour it in the grease, and once it gets full, we'll collect it and have it recycled. Mm -hmm. um, there's other alternatives that we have. Um, so on our friendly Amazon, we have grease bags, RV bags, that you can pour them in and they can handle heat and you collect enough grease and you fill it up and then you can just um, fold over the bag yeah. and toss it in the garbage and get rid of it. And Charles, for the folks at home who can't see that, basically you've pulled out a bag that looks a lot like a small coffee bag, like you'd buy coffee, ground coffee in the store and it has a little lip across the top and a way to seal it yes, and it looks like it's made out of like a plastic kind of foil yes so you would go ahead and open that up you could the you don't want it like super hot right off the 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 the, the, the yeah, it's not super hot even though it says that it can hold heat i would rather for it to cool down a little yeah bit. no doubt yes. but you could go ahead and fill that with the grease and then that can be sealed and then recycled then or it could be sealed and recycled or you can just throw it in the trash. Okay. Um, we preferably, with our fall program, we want to see it recycled. Right. Um, but in some instances, um, since we have our 
friendly air fryer. A lot of people, what we found, a lot of people say they don't fry that much yeah. and they don't collect that much grease. So these bags are a better alternative since they don't collect that much grease yeah. and have that much grease, they can just put it in here. Yeah, it looks like that bag. Away. Again, for the folks at home, the bag looks like it might be able to hold like about 12 ounces or something. Does it say so? 22 ounces. Oh, it says 22 ounces. Yes, okay. So even if it's a small amount, and this is something I think it's really important to get across, is that there's going to be folks cooking saying, hey, you know, I just got this little tiny bit of oil at the bottom of the pan. It's okay. You're telling me that it's not. It's not. So um, Over time, um, just because you pull grease down the drain today, you won't see a problem. But if you continue to pull grease down the drain, drain it starts combining with each other. Those, poly those small particles start growing and it causes a blockage and uh, what you're telling me that you just showed me this bag it's very cool looking uh, this is right just available like from amazon right yes on amazon you can pick it up on amazon they're very cheap not expensive okay. and it's way cheaper than having a plumber come to you yeah house i bet that's drink. the case now you mentioned also that through the city's fog program there's a there there are larger jugs available is that correct yes we have larger jugs available so we can collect that grease yeah and um that grease is collected and then it's recycled so uh, it helps the environment because we're not throwing it away we're recycling it and what they do is use by make biofuel out of it mm -hmm. and they sell that and so uh, we that's what we look for is because the city is green that we try to find the best use and resources for all the materials that we have gotcha now tell me if this is true or not hey i'm at home i'm washing my 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 uh, pan out putting a little grease busting detergent in it does that like bust up the grease is that fix it or no, sir it doesn't mm. no it doesn't there's no grease busting detergent that will prevent grease from sticking to your pipes in your home and also affecting the sanitary collection system down the way okay all right so there the, the the message here is that anything that is involves grease or fats or oils going into the sewer system going down your drain in your kitchen is a really bad idea yes um especially when we when, even when people use uh vegetables and stuff those have particles that have grease in it as well um that when people use the garbage disposal and they don't actually realize that even with salads and stuff like that that's still grease and it still builds up in your system so even this the dressing that's on your salads yes wow okay so because everyone says oh well, it's going to be bacon fat it's going to be the, the the drippings from my hamburger even the nice healthy salad you've been eating is probably going to cause a problem yes later on down the road if you continue to pour it down your drain it will build up and cause you problems that is something now it seems that restaurants which cook food for a living is going to create a lot more grease now do what what do you just for my curiosity what what do they do to keep from putting it back into the system okay so i'm gonna ask, ask a part partial of this question then i have brian he's over ipp and fall to come in and um he can finish the question off but what the difference between restaurants they have grease traps um grease traps um, collect the grease and prevent the grease from going down the system. So how do you get it to the grease trap? Well, the grease trap 
lateral service is separate from your regular bathroom services. So all your flow drains, kitchen drains, and dishwasher drains are connected to a lateral that goes and it has to pass through the grease trap. The grease trap is where we collect the grease and the grease has to be pumped out or removed and that prevents the grease and the particles from the grease going down. And I'll let Brian elaborate on it a little bit more. Hey Brian, thanks for joining us. Tell us tell us your, your full name. Hi, my name is Brian Seeley. I am the IPP Fog Coordinator for the City of West Palm Beach. Uh, for restaurants and their overall use of for fat soils and grease, uh, like Charles said, they do have a pre-treatment system which is called a grease trap. Uh, it's mandatory they have those pumped out at least on a quarterly basis and that's determined based on our sample events and inspections that we do on them. Uh, you got to think a large-scale restaurant has the ability to produce a whole lot more grease in your average household. Yeah. And based on that, that's how we go through. We do our inspections, sample, and just try to prevent as much oil and grease from going down the drain as possible. We even have uh, best management practices for them which is inside the kitchen to also reduce the amount of solids that get put down the drain. So, uh, so like so like chunks of food then that were being scraped off during the dishwashing process and stuff? Yes, sir. Rice, beans, uh, like you say, and salad going through the uh, garbage disposals, pieces of meat. Right. All of that stuff can also build up down in the bottom of lift stations, which in turn gets pumped through the lines to the wastewater treatment plant as well. So it's a two-stage process. You're asking the restaurants to try to remove as many solids and many, as much material as possible from the, the wastewater before it goes into the drain. And then beyond that, you have the traps. Yes, sir. That's really cool. So, and, and every restaurant has to adhere to certain rules and regulations about this. They do. It's mandatory through our sewer use ordinance that every food service establishment, whether it be a coffee shop or McDonald's, uh, Red Lobster, they must have some form of grease removal device. It may be a 10-gallon under the sink device, or it may be a 2,000-gallon interceptor in the ground. Okay, I'm going to throw you a little curve here. I don't, know, I, don't even, I don't know what the answer is. Okay, that's cool. What about stuff like the very popular food trucks that we see driving around? Uh, a lot of your food trucks, they go through what they call a commissary. And the commissaries have the, the grease traps where they discharge into. Or they'll have a, a buddy system set up with a restaurant. And they'll actually discharge through a mop sink that's behind a building, which goes into the grease trap as well. We've talked about food. We've talked about food stuff. One thing that I think a lot of people were dealing with during the pandemic and prior to that was the use of sanitary wipes. Sanitary wipes are very pop popular. A lot of them are marked as absolutely flushable. Are sanitary wipes flushable? Sanitary wipes are not flushable. You say that with great conviction. It's been a new <laughs> world order of what we battle and fight in collections. And today I have brought um, Brandon Ingram the collection superintendent, and he can speak a part of what he's been facing and what the department is facing and how costly it is with the wipes that have been affecting the system along with not affecting the system but also all the way to the ECR plant. And it's costing us a lot of money because those wipes say that they break down, but they don't. So if you put toilet paper in a cup of water, you'll see the 
toilet paper dissolved. That's what we look for. You put a wipe in the water, you can come back two months and it's not going anywhere. So that's what's hurting us because it doesn't dissolve. It stays whole and they bind to each other and collect to each other and pick up other things and then eventually they get there and they cause claws. And that's one been a big fact against what we've been fighting for for a while, especially after COVID hit. We had not only we had a bunch of wipes, but we had the mask that was also getting flushed down mm-hmm. and building up in the system and causing them back up. But I'll let Brandon Ingraham explain a little bit more about that. So explain a little bit more about, about uh, you know, again, we have a mindset that flushable wipes are indeed flushable, as it says like that right on the package. You're saying it's not. No, so the flushable wipes, like Charles mentioned, they're, they don't really dissolve when you put them down in the sewer system and everything works on gravity. And the solids usually don't move as fast as the water, so the solids settle out and they just build up with the grease and all the other stuff and debris that comes down the sewer line and they end up causing um, sewer blockages in the sewer mains, also in customers' pipes in their homes if they have old corroded and pit pipe, those rags will get caught up in those as well and also into the sewer laterals or the city system. and you see a lot of it too down the line at the lift stations, the pump stations that he was talking about earlier. Um, they get into the propellers of the pumps. They stop the propellers from working properly for pumping the sewage out, and they cause a lot of issues in those where the guys have to go in and derag um, mm-hmm. lift station pumps or check valves um, where those rags and debris get caught up and hung up in. So you know, for us, it's a big no-go for people really to use those wet wipes. Yeah. Um, when we go out and we do repairs on laterals and things of that nature, we try to make sure we make contact with the consumer. And you know, if we see that they have been using those wipes, we try to tell them, you know, you know, just kind of stick to toilet paper or find another alternative or maybe another waste basket that they throw them in. And Brandon, you touched on something that I wanted to talk about a little bit here. You mentioned that if you have older pipes, say you live in a home that's 50, 60 years old, built in 1963, 57, or even earlier, you're probably dealing with drain pipes that are going to be made of cast iron. Is that right? Yeah. Not the, the plastics that we have now, nowadays. Now, with cast iron, it does deteriorate. Is, is that part of the problem? So I go back to a couple of things about like the fats, oils, and grease. When they build up, they cause a lot of H2S, and that H2S from the grease and the fat helps corrode pipes, it helps corrode our lift station structure, our manhole infrastructure, because that grease sticks to those those um, surfaces and eventually it starts helping those things corrosive and deteriorate. You use the term H2S, tell me what that is. So H2S is a gas, um, it's a hydrogen sulfite, yeah. H2S is hydrogen sulfite um, and it's a corrosive gas. Okay, so the corrosive gas will then affect the iron in the pipes and then cause... The iron in the pipes, it also concrete structures, mm. um, and it helps deteriorate that structure. I, I can tell you from... Are- I can tell you from my own experience. I live in a home that was built in 1963. I've got cast iron pipes. Every so often, the, the plumber comes at a very expensive cost, and they feed little cameras down into those pipes. And it looks like I'm in a stalagmite cave. These little 
corrosive fingers sticking out that were formed by the deterioration of the iron in the pipes. So yeah, I mean, so that's something we need to be aware of. If you live in an older home, especially, you're going to have literally these obstacles that'll catch material that's running through your your drain pipes. So is it it's, is it quite so bad for folks with newer homes that are using PVC? Well, not as much, but in, but with PVC, um, back into going back to grease, you know, the grease can build up in the PVC and can help cause those blockages. It can also catch the wipes as they're going down the drain to help back up the system as well. Um, so, you know, the grease is not non stick it it'll stick to anything once it starts to coagulate and gets hard so pvc yeah, is right. not imperv is not immune it's going to happen not, there too yeah it happens if pvc is not immune at all all right well let me jump back over here to you charles you've mentioned that there is a program a fog program with the city tell me a little bit more about it and how can people find out get more information get get some of these options for containers okay um our fog program what we have is a trailer um, that goes out and we go to educational sites. Um, we've been at the Green Market. Um, we've went to a couple of uh, events at HOAs to get the message out. So we have brochures, um, we have videos, and some pipes that we identify to have fog in it and what it actually looked like to educate um, the citizens of West Palm. Um, our fall program also reaches out. So um, when Brandon has problems in the system and he identifies that we have grease in the area, in the neighborhood, um, that is passed on through to Brian's group. Um, Brian's group goes out and do outreach. We have brochures and we have educational brochures that we give the consumer and talk to all the residents on why it's important not to pull grease and put things down their, their um, sewer um, to keep them from affecting the system in a whole. Um, just because you can't see it doesn't mean you're not hurting something down the way you know. Um, most people look at it as that, hey, once I flush it, I don't see it no more. The biggest problem is when they can't flush it, that's when it becomes a problem. You know, you when go. it don't want to go down, yeah. that's when it becomes a problem. So we try to educate uh, those. Uh, we have a website that's on the city um, server. You can go there and look at uh, FOG. It has uh, educational things and notifications. We also have a phone number that you can reach us at. And the phone number is 561-653-2677, 561-653-2677. And you can also email us at focus at wpb.org so focus go ahead wpb.org fantastic so if i am a leader of an hoa or a neighborhood association i could use go to the website wpb.org find that information and then reach out to maybe make an a, a, a appointment to have your team come out and do some instruction exactly um and that's what we're looking for um to get the fall program out we're trying to get those and and socialize with those people and, and build a program and be able to have a partnership with the people to keep the fats oil and grease out um one good thing about it is if we keep the fats grow oils and grease out 
we have a less operation maintenance cost at that time. Um, it's lessened the impact on the ECR, which is responsible for cleaning the water and, and getting the water safe enough to return by, back into the environment. Um, so when we get out and do the outreach and people really understand about the grease and oils, we have seen where Brandon doesn't have to do preventive maintenance in that area often no more because we see that okay people are listening to us they see the fact of what's going on and it doesn't only save the city money it saved the residents money because the residents with their pipe they're responsible for anything from the right array back to their home and then that's when they have to call the plumber and plumbers are pretty expensive right now in yeah. today's world so just to eliminate having the cost it's easier just to throw it away and recycle it one or the other um, but you know we have two options that we give um, with the educational background about throwing it in the garbage or putting it in the one gallon container that we pass out for free and um, recycle it. Um, mm -hmm. and to, we strongly want to push recycling, but if you have to do anything, we understand that, just put it in the garbage and put it in the garbage properly. That way it can be um, taken away in the way it should be. Great message. Charles Phoenix, Brian Seeley, Brandon Ingram, Ingram, thank you very much. Gentlemen, appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us and thank you for everything you do for the city. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this podcast direct from City Hall in West Palm Beach, Florida. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. And if you did, please subscribe and let your friends know that we're here. We also want to hear from you. Tell us what topics you'd like to know more about. Just drop us a note at podcast at wpb.org. The City Center's podcast is production of the City of West Palm Beach Communications Department. I'm Jerry Marcello. We'll see you next time.